0: Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie,
1: Oklahoma. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. We call ourselves Garden Angelus because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening, and we want others to love it too. We
0: are also authors and invite you to check out our books, including my book, The 2030-Something Garden
1: Guide, A No Fuss, Down and Dirty, Gardening 101 for Anyone Who Wants to Grow Stuff. And my books included... Potting and prune, Homegrown and Handpicked, and Seeded and Sodded, my trilogy of gardening humor, and my new book, Creatures and Critters, Who's in My Garden? You can ask for any of our books at your favorite bookstore or find them online wherever books are sold.
0: Speaking of online, you can also find us as the Garden Angelus on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and occasionally on Pinterest. And we'd love for you to join our Facebook group, the Garden Angelus Garden Club.
1: Now on to this week's episode. Hi, Hi, Dee! Hi, Carol. How's it going? It's good. I hear you are getting a ton of questions about gardening. And you know what the only answer is? What's that? Buy your book. Oh,
0: (laughs) yeah. I have actually said that to a couple of people because their questions are so detailed and they want so much information. And I'm like, I wrote this handy dandy book for you, so please buy it. Um, I'm willing to answer questions. It's just in emails. I got 10 this week. And they're all from young people, which
1: is exciting. It is exciting. And so if they are frustrated with gardening and ready to give it up, I guess they could read my humor books to understand that gardening can sometimes be frustrating, but you just keep at it.
0: Yes, it's just a craft. You have to practice, practice, practice. And the truth is, we all fail. In fact, two of my rose bushes died. And also, my amaranth I sowed last week, the world's tiniest Grasshopper got in my greenhouse and ate half of it.
1: It was just sprouts.
0: I mean, this grasshopper was the size of, I don't know, it was the tiniest grasshopper I've ever seen, smaller than a cricket. And the reason I know it was what was eating the amaranth is I saw it jump off and I was very upset. So I put the amaranth that's left outside in the cold frame and let's hope it lives. So what I'm trying to say to everybody is, um, we all have failures it's just part
1: of the whole experience that is correct and you know I sowed all those seeds for tomatoes and eggplant and peppers yes how's that going it's going really well except two of the eggplants varieties are being very stubborn and have not germinated yet so we'll see it's been 10 days nine days we'll give them a little extra time yeah, give them a little
0: more time. Was it fresh seed? No. Or was it some of your old seed? It was old oh, seed. Oh, well,
1: maybe
0: maybe that's why they're not germinating. I don't think they last as long as some of the others. You may have to buy some more
1: seeds. Or just buy some plants at the greenhouse.
0: Uh, assuming we can get in the greenhouse when... Luckily for gardeners, for the most part, in most states, greenhouses are still open during the coronavirus because they are considered an essential industry under agriculture. And... Um, You just got to remember, if you're going to go to the greenhouse, don't do like the people I saw at Lowe's on Saturday and Sunday as I drove by. Um, There were packed, you know, cheek to jowl in there. And I was like, you guys are
1: crazy. Six to ten feet apart, people. Right. In my little greenhouse around the corner, I, I called them on Wednesday and I ordered up another flat of Alyssum and another flat of Snapdragons. I pulled up and they put them in the truck. I handed them a check and off I went.
0: Yeah, I went to under the sun, and it was all outdoors. You didn't go inside, and I picked out a few herbs. I actually picked out a couple of tomato plants just in case, um, because I'm also doing some seed at home. But just in case, and then I um, I put them in my cold frames because you don't want to plant out tomatoes yet, even in Oklahoma. I see people doing it. Don't don't plant
1: them yet, y'all. Right, and definitely not in Indiana. Definitely not in Indiana. <laughs> Got to wait
0: until nights are 55 degrees or better. Exactly. That will be good. And
1: that's not consistent even in Oklahoma yet. So we have a quote, right? We do. Last week we said we would have Lady Bird Johnson quotes because it's Women's History Month for one more day. Well, we're recording this on the 31st, publishing it on the 1st. So March was Women's History Month. Here's the quote. Where flowers bloom, so does hope. And hope is the precious, indispensable ingredient without which the war on poverty can never be won. Claudia Alta Ladybird Johnson. Yes,
0: yeah, she was called Ladybird because her, I think it was her nanny, her nanny called her Little, little Ladybird. And it stuck, and that's what everybody called her, but her actual name was Claudia. Um, so I loved this whole quote because. I still think we don't win the war on poverty. We're still fighting that war, and I think we always will. But it reminded me of the war on coronavirus, COVID-19. you got to have hope, and that's,
1: that's rough in some parts of the United States right now. Right. And so we have a flower, and I don't know, you, you are not sure if you can grow this flower or not. You're shaking your head you I don't cannot. think I can. So how would you pronounce that flower? Cora Dallas? So I've been saying coridalis, and then on the Missouri Botanical Garden website, they pronounced it Corridalis. Corridalis.
0: Well, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it could be. So I've been trying to train myself to say Corridalis, which is a very interesting flower, and I think you should give it a try, Dee.
0: It's a beautiful flower. I just don't know if it'll do well here because of our heat. But tell me all about it, because you grow quite a bit of it.
1: Well, depending on where you were, look, it's in the poppy family, papapharaceae. The subfamily is fumarideae, but some people put it in the fumaraceae. It's very confusing. <laughs> Ever since DNA testing, it's gotten really
0: confusing. But yes, whatever family it is in.
1: Yeah, there's two kinds you would normally find in our gardens that I've seen. And the one is... um Corydolus ludia, which has yellow flowers, but it is definitely a cooler climate flower. Um, mm-hmm. Ludia means yellow in Latin. It also means good for nothing. And in, <laughs> in England, this is a flower that has become a weed. It is not native. It's, oh. it's not native to England. It's not native to the North America. So, And it gets about a foot tall. I would not grow that one. What most of okay. us are growing is something called Corydolus solida. S-O-L-I-D-A. Okay. And it's something that only gets about maybe minus like three to four inches tall at best. And so it's kind of a rock garden plant. Yeah. And it blooms early in the spring. And you kind of forget that you have it because it's ephemeral, which means that the foliage kind of disappears as the spring goes on. And they're very beautiful. They come in red, white, pink, purple, And mine is pinkish, and I've lost the tag, so Hmm. I call the variety, there's a tag around here somewhere. Oh, see, I'm looking at your notes, and I was going to say, I wonder if it's
0: like bleeding hearts, Dicentra canadensis, and because they also, in Oklahoma, go underground in the summer. They're an ephemeral.
1: Are they an ephemeral where you live, too? Pretty well, yeah. For the most part, they kind of by midsummer they're, they're not looking too good, but it is mm-hmm. in that fumariaceae family. Interesting, as, as is native squirrel corn. Do you have native squirrel corn or Dutchman's Heck, breeches? I don't know. So that's a I woodland native, and I w- I just said this all wrong.
0: And um, bleeding hearts are dicentra spectabilis. Yes, And squirrel corn, whatever the heck it is, is Dicentra canadensis. So I wanted to correct that really quickly because I messed it up. Oh, but now I see bleeding hearts have been changed from Dicentra. I thought they were still Dicentra.
1: No. They might be in the tray, but now they're lamprocampus spectabilis. (laughs) But we digress. Anyway, squirrel corn... Squirrel corn and Dutchman breeches is a little uh, native wildflower that is found in the woodlands around this area. And it's very uh, pretty and it looks like little things of corn hanging down or little Dutchman's breeches.
0: i you know, I'm not a native plant expert. It might be native here. I have no idea.
1: I probably have a picture of at least, I don't know whether it was squirrel corn or uh, Dutchman's breeches. They're kind of intermixed in my mind. But anyway, back to Corydalis. They are good from zones 5 to 8, and that's why I think you should try them. Mm. And I posted a picture of mine on Facebook, and boom, I had more comments about that. People talking about, you know, they've failed with it like 7,000 times, and others are saying, my grow, great. And there's I think the difference might be the two ways you can buy it. So I bought mine as a plant in the spring. and. It's done all right, but I feel like the little clump is getting smaller, and it's in its third year, I think.
0: So it's starting to shrink. It's we should talk about shrink. that. Plant shrinkage. There's a lot of plant shrinkage that goes on at Red Dirt Ramblings, too, at my little cedar garden. Um, a totally different plant is Coriopsis. And Coriopsis looks great when I buy it as a plant, like Root 66 or one of the other ones. The old one was Moonbeam and then there was Zagreb, and now there's a bunch of different ones. They look great for a couple of years, but in the third or fourth year, they start to shrink, right? and then they go away. So maybe this is kind of like that.
1: It could be kind of like that. The person who was commenting and then seemed to have the most success, he actually bought corms to plant in the fall. Hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe that's the secret, because this guy's over in Iowa. So I went out to Brent and Becky's Bulbs, and they have four varieties available from Corms, and so I have ordered five of each, which is the smallest quantity you can get. And so you're going to plant them in the spring, though, right? No, I'm going to plant them in the fall.
0: Oh, they're going to deliver them in the fall.
1: Yeah, they'll deliver them in the fall, and then you plant them in the fall, and then we'll see what comes up. I'm excited. Which
0: Which is also a very successful way to grow peonies. Because peonies, you can buy them in the spring as plants, and you often see them at the box stores. But I have had the best luck with them when I plant them, you know, bare root
1: in the fall. Right, right. So anyway, that's what I'm going to do. There are several sites that have them. The nice thing about, and we'll just digress a minute and talk about buying bulbs for fall planting. So places like Brent and Becky's Bulbs, actually will offer you a discount of 5% if you order before July 1st. Right, if you order now. Yes, if you order now. And if you allow them to charge your card now, they'll take another 5%. So it's 10% savings.
0: Which is a good deal. And often this time of the year or right before July, they put them on. people put bulbs on sale too. So you get a discount because you ordered early. But often you also get a sale price. Because they're trying to decide how many bulbs
1: to have over here. Because a lot of right. them they get from different parts of the world. And right. They need like to that. know how many to order in to for to satisfy their sales. And here's here's another piece of advice, which I don't often take, but I think I'm going to. So mm-hmm. right now, I'm looking around my yard and I'm thinking, my garden, and I'm thinking, you know what? I should make an entire row of daffodils here by the vegetable garden because I have really enjoyed cutting those in the bud and bringing them inside and forcing them to bloom. So I'm going to make a note and say, I want to plant an entire row. I'm actually going to put a little stick where the row ends that I have there now. And then I'm going to go ahead and order them. And then when they come in the fall, I will have this note that says where I'm going to plant them. So I won't be sitting there in the fall thinking, why did I order all these daffodils?
0: Yeah, I do that a lot on my phone. I tell myself, I say uh, on a certain date, I'll sell myself a certain date on my calendar, tell Siri to remind me to look in my notes on my computer and my phone because they're all Mac stuff. And then that way I know to go and buy them. And it just is better or where to plant them or if I have a hole and something's missing. I was looking yesterday on digging dog nursery and looking at um, epimediums because I've got to say – Did you see my little video on Epimediums? I did. You have a ton of them. On Instagram. I have a ton of them, and I find them really enjoyable. And once you get them started, basically low care, which was, was that last week's episode or the week before? I can't remember. I think it was the
1: week before. Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Anyway, we recently talked about Epimediums. Everybody, go back and listen to it if you want to, if you haven't already. It's, It's a pretty good episode, and you can go and look at my Instagram post. And uh, on IGTV about all of mine. So same idea. That way, maybe, you know, epimediums, I might order them now. But, you know, shipping's a real problem right now. Right. Because, yeah, because food. But anyway, I love your idea. I love the idea of having a row of daffodils. I have a row in one of my borders. And
1: it makes me happy every spring when it comes up. Right. So anyway, we are a long way from Coridalis, (laughs) Coridalis. I would just. You know why? Because I can't grow it. Because you can't grow it. You can't (laughs) stay on topic, D. Come on. So, here. Um, Yeah, whatever. Anyway, Coridolis is one of those plants. I think you could go crazy because it's not like there's thousands of varieties. So, you could try to end up with that infamous collection that we're talking about. And so, Mm -hmm. I'm only going to get the four. So, it won't actually be a collection, but I'm pretty excited about it. That's cool. So, are we ready to move on? Yes. I have one more thing to about... Yes. Yes, but I have one more thing to say. Critalus is actually okay. an herb that is used in places in um, Asia and other places for stomach troubles, emotional problems, and other conditions. However, I looked it up and there is no research to support the use of critalus for any of these conditions, so we do not recommend it. Right. Let's not go there. Exactly. We don't want to get in trouble. Enjoy them for the beautiful okay. blooms in the spring.
0: So are you going to read the quote or am I? Um, I think you are, Dee. Sounds good. The environment is where we all meet, where we all have a mutual interest. It is the one thing all of us share. It is not only a mirror of ourselves, but a focusing lens on what we can become. And that was also by Lady Bird Johnson from a speech she gave at Yale University. And it came from her White House diary on October 9th, 1967. I love that back in the 60s, um, we have so much from Lady Bird Johnson and how thoughtful she was. Yes.
1: And so I picked that quote because I liked it. And it is true, the mutual mm-hmm. interest of the environment. But it doesn't really tie into our topic, which is self sowers in the vegetable garden. Keep or toss?
0: Well, it kind of does because it's the environment and where we all meet. Right. <laughs> there you go. And the self sowers definitely meet in everything else that you've already sown. And if you aren't used to seeing small plants, you know, like if you aren't used to seeing plants in their smallest form, sometimes it can be really confusing in the vegetable garden because things come up that you sowed last fall that never sprouted, and sometimes things just self-sow. So
1: there's a lot of things that self-sow. Keep or toss? The biggest thing that self-sows in my garden right now is just the herb dill, dill, dill. Mm-hmm. And it self sows readily. For some people, it does. So I transplanted around to where I want it, and end up hoeing out a lot of it. I mean, it really self sows.
0: It doesn't do that here as much. It does just enough. I get enough that it self sows, so that I have some extra, and then I always put down seeds too. Um, in my garden, I would say bronze fennel and borage, or barrage, or however you pronounce it. I think it's borage. Um, They both self-sew, and you can really spot both of those pretty easily because they're very distinctive when they come up. Right now, I have a lot of borage in in a mesclun mix that I sowed for spring. I have borage coming up, which is great
1: because it's a good bee flower, and I just keep pulling it up wherever I don't want it. And I wish borage would self-sew more in my garden. I think it tried to, and I think that I was dumb and weeded it out when I wanted it.
0: Mm-hmm. It can happen. Um, bumblebees sure like it. Um, and as far as bronze fennel, um, the other fennel also will self-sew a lot, too. I've about worked it out of my garden because I, I, don't, I don't have room for fennel. Fennel takes up too much room. And my bronze fennel is in one of my beds that faces the street, and that's a good place for it cuz i can dig you have to dig it out it does not just hoe up you can't just hoe it
1: out it's got a deep little oh. root yeah dill dill just boom it's out of there
0: but i want it in there i want i want some of the bronze fennel because when my caterpillars my um Eastern tiger swallowtails and some of the other swallowtails decide to eat all of my dill and it needs to recover. Then I go and put the caterpillars on the bronze fennel. It's not their favorite thing, but they will eat it.
1: Right. Now, the other thing that comes up for a lot of people and they get kind of excited is squash or tomatoes that come up. And sometimes it's in the compost pile. Right. And sometimes where tomatoes have been left to rot in the tomatoes will come up. And they'll think, oh, my gosh, free squash and tomatoes. But. But. Depends. Depends on whether you grew hybrids or did you grow heirlooms of those vegetables? Yes. And the hybrids will not come true from seed. You have to cross the same two parents each time to get the seed that comes becomes the hybrid plant. Right. So, it's a bit of a gamble as to what you're actually going to get and so most of the time I don't I will just take those out any tomatoes that self-sew go out. Sometimes if a squash ends up in the compost pile, it's fun to see what it becomes. Yeah, you never know don't, what it's going to be. Don't count on it. Yeah, it's not going it. to probably be something you want to eat. And then this is another thing you got a lot of traction on this week. Oh, yes. Taraxacum officinal, which is a rampant self sower in the garden and the lawn and everywhere because it is common dandelion. And I use the fancy botanical name. Makes it sound like it's an exotic plant. (laughs) Taraxacum officinal is coming up all over the garden. I couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah. I mean, it comes up in everybody's lawns and everywhere else. And so there's a big debate out there whether um, it's a bee plant or not a bee plant. And the truth of the matter is bees use it more for pollen than they do for nectar. I do see honeybees on it sometimes. In fact, I have I have a couple of pictures of a honeybee on some of my dandelions. So I let them grow, but they're not as important a plant as people think they are. But at the same time, if you put something on your grass to kill dandelions, you're also killing anything else that uh, pollinators use too.
1: Like like clover, which will come later.
0: Like Dutch clover, red clover. Um, oh, I had a thought of a bit for that matter. They use henbit as a pollen source, too. So it's okay. I mean, a lot of these weeds go away as soon as it gets hot. And one of our friends, Ellen Zakos, eats dandelions, and they are a treasured crop in Europe because people eat them all the time. They are a good spring green. They're really good with a little lemon juice and olive oil and salt and pepper.
1: Okay. Well, I have not eaten them. I will tell people, if you're going to grow dandelions to eat, my recommendation, weird as it sounds, is to go buy the actual seeds from a good seed source because you'll probably get a bigger plant that is actually bred for nice big leaves, and um, that's what I would do. Okay. Um, I have
0: so many that if I want to eat them, I can. I don't eat them all the time. Another rampant self-sower weed that some people grow is purslane. It has omega-3s. I don't really eat purslane much, but...
1: I don't either. I've had purse soup once. It's a, I, I pull that up whenever I can.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's funny that we're talking about buying weed seeds.
1: Yeah. And I've seen them. I mean, there's a golden purse lane that I think Botanical Interest sold at one time. I had seeds, I actually gave them away. So, anyway, enough about self sowers in the garden. Some are good and some are not so good
0: yeah and some of them are great. I was gonna say, I have a lot of self sowing from basil, for that matter, because in the I don't cut mine back, I let the bees use it as a nectar source, and so it produces a lot of seeds, and I saw a bunch of it coming up, and that was
1: kind of exciting, okay, good, yeah. so shall we go on to the bookshelf? Yeah, let's go on to the bookshelf. So I have a book you don't have this book I don't and I have it. Eva
0: didn't send it to me, but that's okay, I'm good. I have so many
1: books. <laughs> shrubs and Hedges by Eva Monheim, and it is from Corto Press again, or Quarto Publishing. And I've written before, and Eva is an expert in trees and shrubs. I mean, she is. when I've gone to Garden Com and you point to a tree, she knows what it is. Yeah, she knows them, all expert. of them. She is. She is. So she wrote this book called Shrubs and Hedges, and it is a wonderful book, and I have never seen so much information in one place. But she's got information about why there were hedgerows, you know, back in England and when they were first formed and why they had them and their mixed plantings. Yeah. And she has all kinds of information about different shrubs and um, also pruning. She has a ton of information on pruning, how to propagate them, which ones would attract pollinators and other desirable desirable wildlife. I mean, I was looking through this. It's it's really good. And I don't think people plant enough shrubs and hedges. I don't think they do either other than the basic ones. And this
0: one, I think, has a lot of different... Um, types of shrubs and trees something out of the ordinary if you want to put something different in your yard also i was going to say i got a pruning question this week um it was actually a question about pruning off stems and cuttings and how to root hard hardwood cuttings because this person wasn't very successful and so i thought well i haven't written about that much but i told her what to do and now that'll make a blog post but i think it, i think buying eva's book is a good idea
1: Yes, and she has information on propagation. So if you wanted to start some of these shrubs yourself to increase your population, that would be a wonderful thing. I mean, it's just whatever shrub question you have, I think Eva's got it answered.
0: That's and great. there's a
1: lot, a lot, a lot of great pictures. If you want flowering hedges, um, you know, hedges that are more attractive for the birds, because we all need that. The birds need the hedges and hedgerows for shelter. Yes, they do. You need a layered garden. This is the book. You know, and you think, do I need another book about plants? Always. And I think, oh, I do need this book. It's very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it sounds like it's a wonderful book. It really does. I don't know how I didn't end up with it, but
1: that's okay. Well, you know, you got to watch, and they sent an email and said, would you like a review copy? Yeah, and I I must have missed it. I must have missed that. I said, yes, I would. That's okay. So that's a good one, and if somebody has you know, wanting to plant some more shrubs and hedges and hedgerows, get this book. It'll really keep you from making some mistakes and it'll give you some new ideas. Yay. So that's on the bookshelf today. Now to the dirt. Yes. And you have a quote for our dirt. My heart found its home long ago in the beauty, mystery, order and disorder of the flowering earth. Lady Bird Johnson in a letter in native plants magazine, fall of 2002. Because a lot of people don't know, I think a lot of younger people don't know
0: Lady Bird Johnson was instrumental in getting wildflowers established in various states, especially the state of Texas. That's why the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center is down in Austin, Texas, and she has just she was a wonderful advocate for native plants in the United States back before anybody thought that they were important
1: right and the the lady the Ladybird Wildflower Center is probably closed.
0: Yes, it is closed right now.
1: But if it, when it opens, I shouldn't say if when it opens, and if you live in the area or are planning a trip down that way, you you have to stop and go see that. They hold classes all the
0: time, um, teaching people about wildflowers and native plants and um, other things. And they're just really they're nice people. I cannot wait until all of our gardens are opened back up again. I'm I'm sad that we can't that we can't still go to those,
1: but it is what it is. So what's our dirt? Well, the dirt is, the nice thing is that with the coronavirus and everybody uh, basically being, I don't want to say quarantine, because quarantine, I want to say isolated to your home. You need to stay home. You need to stay away Mm -hmm. from people. You need to just do the basic business you need to do, but you need to stay home. And so people are looking and discovering that they actually have gardens outside. They actually have yards that could become gardens. Which is why I'm getting so many questions. And they're realizing what many of us have known for a long, long time is that gardens promote mental and physical health. And I found this resource and we'll put a link to it. It's from the International Association of Horticultural Producers, which is um, started out in, based in Europe, but they have a whole resource about why gardening is important and what it does so positive in your life. So one of the
0: suggestions that I've seen on the news is to go out and take a walk. And I'm all about that, too, because I love to go out and take walks. Um, But if you're nervous about going to a local park, going out in your landscape and doing a little digging and weeding is a wonderful way to get outside and get some sunshine, which promotes vitamin D, promotes good health through the soil because of soil bacteria, just makes you feel better because you get a little exercise, And then you'll get flowers. And so I'm going to make one suggestion for our listeners that we haven't talked about. If you've never grown any flower before and you have a full sun area, put down some zinnias. Just throw down some zinnias seeds. Here it'll be about mid-April. Where you live, it'll be... Mid-May. Mid-May. Throw down those seeds. You've got time still to order them if you need to order them because a lot of places are closed. And you just throw down some zinnia seeds and water them in, keep them watered. It has to be full sun or they get mildew. And I promise you, it will make you, it'll brighten your day. It's also a great pollinator plant. I tell that to everybody who asks me. You know, like, what can I do to quickly change
1: my yard? I'm like, zinnias. Zinnias are easy. Right. And my, actually, my neighbor, two doors down, said he wanted to plant zinnias all through his front yard. So... Zinnias make people happy. They do, and
0: they're super easy. And you can grow them straight from seed outdoors. You don't have to start them indoors. It's, they're a good plant. So that's get out in nature. One thing I am doing differently this year, I am not going to go buy mulch. You know, I like shredded pine bark a lot, but I also have a whole bunch of shredded leaves, which I've used for mulch before, and to lessen my going out places. I'm actually going to use my shredded leaves for now until we open back up. Now, the problem with that is shredded leaves are a great seed starting medium, which means I will have more weeds. So that's something to keep in mind too. And then later on, I'll probably go buy some shredded pine bark, but I am not going to the
1: nursery right now because
0: there are too many people there. (laughs) Right.
1: I would agree. And so With that, I think that concludes this week's episode. We want to thank everyone for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review. That helps us get noticed by others. Yes, and be sure and check out our show notes for links for more information about today's topics, plus links to our websites.
0: It was lovely to chat with all of you over the Garden Gate today. Stay safe and bye until next week. Bye.